All right, so welcome to the third episode. It is the third of the Game 4 podcast, and uh, I'm Adam. I'm Matt. And uh, we're basically talking about things in this podcast that are related to building gaming community, building more gamers, that kind of stuff. Tabletop gaming is what we're talking about, if you've just stumbled across this. Uh, It's called the Game 4 podcast, and we have cool Game 4 t-shirts because of the Game 4 app. Um, Our company is Milkcan. But Game 4 is one of the products that we've produced because we're all tabletop gamers and we think that um, we could uh, make ourselves well, and make everybody else uh, a resource being the app and the website to be able to help you, to be able to find stores, um, other gamers, clubs, groups, events in your local area. But that's, that's what the app's about. And this week, our topic is refreshing your gaming vibes, your tabletop gaming vibes. If you play the same thing over and over and over again, sometimes you can start to lose interest and exactly that kind of stuff. And so we're going to talk a little bit about um, the gaming vibes and how to refresh them in a bit. Um, but first, uh, what have you been up to, lately? Oh, you know, nothing. I haven't really been. You've been, been just kind of sitting, yeah. sitting at your desk over in the corner over there. Sitting at home, just not doing anything, going out. No. Yeah. Uh, so let's see now. What the heck day is it? So three weeks ago, I ran a little mini convention uh, uh, here, well not here, but in town back where I live um, one town over or whatever and it was called the Tabletop Minions Expo so I have a YouTube channel uh, called Tabletop Minions which is about tabletop wargaming, miniatures and all that kind of stuff because that's kind of my jam and so I've been doing that channel for quite some time and uh, about three years ago I decided to make a convention that was just basically people come and learn to play new games. It's predominantly all demos. There's no tournaments. There's none of that kind of stuff. It's people run games. Other people come and play those games, get taught those games, and all kinds of stuff. Um, it's about. It's small. It's about seventy people. Mm-hmm. And uh, this year had folks come from literally all over the world. Had two folks come from Australia. That's right. Yeah. 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 That was great. VJ Morph and and his friend, and they showed up. Um, VJ has been a. Uh, uh, viewer of the channel for a long time and and uh, supporter and just a great guy and so it was really great to meet him in person and all that kind of stuff but also folks came from the UK people came from East Coast West Coast of America southern part of America Texas that kind of stuff and it was just a great place to have a bunch of people that kind of knew each other through um, you know like you know through Patreon through the Discord channel that I've got for the for for my YouTube channel Having them be able to come together and meet and all that kind of stuff was yep. a lot of fun. We went out and did stuff, and, and it was just a great place also to get together and play games and, and learn new games and all that kind of right, stuff. Right, it's one of the few conventions I can game at. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So um, did that, and then last – what did we do last? Oh, and then last – no, then two weekends ago, because that was three weekends ago. Two weekends yeah. ago, I was in Columbus, Ohio for Origins, mm-hmm. and Origins is a – if you're familiar with Gen Con at all, Origins is like Gen Con, but only a third the size. So instead of 60,000 right. folks, it's about 20,000 folks. But older. Yes, also older. Um, but Gen Con, or sorry, Origins is a general tabletop gaming convention. Mm-hmm. So it's board games and RPGs. Those are the two big ones, honestly. Um, and then there's like, you know, Magic, and then there's um, tabletop min- or tabletop uh, uh, wargaming and, and, mi- and miniatures and stuff like that. So um, I was there partially to, to talk to people about um, Game 4 and all that kind of stuff, and also talk to some people about my YouTube channel and everything. But I was also there because uh, WizKids, the company that they've been making all those um, like unpainted like D&D and Pathfinder right, the, the models. the pre-primed ones. The yep. pre-primed ones that yep. you can just start painting on. Uh, they had a booth that was co-branded with Vallejo, which is a paint company from Spain. And so uh, WizKids and Vallejo, they work together on those models because those models are pre-primed with Vallejo primer. And so what happened was is that people could come and pay, I think it was $20, mm-hmm. and then you got a big, instead of one of the small miniatures, because the miniatures that you get from those WizKids boxes, I think they're like, they retail for about four bucks. Right, usually. And you get two models. Right, usually But they're like two, normal 28-millimeter yeah, yeah, models. Two for five, I think. Yeah, these were all bigger models. You were paying $20, and you were getting a Hill Giant. Well, like the first one, I, I taught three classes, Hill Giant, Stone Giant, and then... Triceratops. Triceratops. And, uh, but there were also a couple of dragons and things like that because there were other people teaching. So on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, I taught a class from one to three in each of those days 
where basically people paid they would get to come in they would be given the model they would have a bunch of paints in front of them and brushes and then they would paint along with me and i was on a screen and they could watch what i was doing and see all that stuff and they were painting along and it was a lot of fun the first one on thursday i don't think was sold out but the other two were okay so um it's nice. very popular yeah and then there's a there's a, an event there's there's another one of those classes beforehand which was taught by jason from uh realmsmith mm-hmm. uh realmsmith.tv um on Twitch and YouTube and all kinds of places like all that. over the place mostly now, yeah. focusing more on RPG stuff but uh, also focusing on the hobby on the painting mm-hmm. and everything and then um, and then so he would do a class before then I would do my class and then he would do another class in the evening and the one the ones he was teaching usually he had like a a for lack of a better term a celebrity guest mm-hmm. so he'd have like at point, one point he had Terry Latorco on okay and she was, uh, she still is, a YouTuber, but now she also works as a marketing director at Renegade Games. That's right, yeah. Uh, he's just had a bunch of different people that are known in the industry there painting, which was really cool. Um, I was painting pretty much by myself on all of those, so I didn't have a guest, so I had to keep people entertained for two hours and stuff. Wow. It was fun. It was a, it was a good time. I, we had a lot of people who really enjoyed it, and um, it was a lot of fun to do. Right. This was your second year doing it, but I think you did the what one last the last year. I was not the host. I was a guest. You were one of the celebrities. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yes. Exactly. So I did that, and uh, it, it was it was fun. And then this year, when I was talking to Jason previous to um, to Origins, he was like, "Well, you should just come and you, would you be interested in just you know running three of them like one every day?" And it would give him time for lunch and to go do some business development and stuff sure, like that yeah, and just yeah. see the convention and everything. So I was like, yeah, absolutely. So that was a lot of fun. Um, met a lot of people. Um, it was a lot of fun that way. It was a good convention. Yeah. I mean... And you did uh, Board Game Geek on Sunday as well. Right, right, yeah. Board Game Geek did a live show every morning during Origins from, I think, 9.30 to 10. And um, and Chaz, who was one of the main hosts there, well, probably the main host, uh, he and um, Marty... I think yeah, I think it was he and Marty, but then sometimes also Rodney was in there as well. Sure. Anyway, um, Marty was going to be gone on Wednesday or uh, sorry on Sunday because he was flying back home. So mm-hmm. um, Chaz was like, "Hey, do you want to be one of the hosts on that stuff?" So yeah, we had a good time, and that was fun on Sunday morning. Fun. Um, yeah. So I mean, it's a good convention, uh, you know, especially if you're interested in more than one thing. Mm-hmm. Like if you're only like I'm generally only interested in miniatures so right. you're doing like the adepticon nova that kind of right exactly adepticon nova open uh you know that kind of stuff those are great conventions because right. they're just miniatures right rpgers have you know uh, gary con yeah yep. so yeah there's that but um this is one of those kind of generalist conventions like again like gen con um and it's a situation where i probably wouldn't go if i didn't have the youtube channel if i didn't have game four and stuff like that because there's not a ton there just for wargaming right like i if that convention was like a 45 minute drive away sure not mm-hmm. a problem but if it was you know it's it was a fl- a fl- two flights to get there and whatever right so it's a little bit more um of a thing but because it's also kind of a business thing and whatever and all that kind of stuff it, it, it turned out well um and then i came home for about three days yeah if, if even yeah and then uh flew to canada one of my first well my first trip outside of the country and uh, I went to the grand opening of the new facility for Mini Wargaming. Right. right. So miniwargaming.com is uh, the biggest YouTube channel out there for miniatures. Um, been around for 12 years and uh, 320,000 subscribers. Wow. Okay. Something like that, yeah. And so um, they just bought and refurbished this facility, this building, um, and built six new studios in there and then the upstairs is like themed like almost like hotel rooms so like if you want to because they their big their main bread and butter is people come from all over the world and come to mini wargaming in welland canada Mm -hmm. and then they play uh battle reports they can film and all that kind of stuff so nearly every battle report they do is it's always with somebody who's traveled from who knows where all over the world wow so yeah um so now instead in the past those people would just stay in hotels and Mm -hmm. things like that now those people can choose to stay in the building oh that's cool and so the rooms are all um you know themed like i stayed in the orc hut nice so it was uh you know it was all orky and everything like that and um and then there's other rooms like there's a kind of imperial guard one there's, okay there's uh the the mortal realms which is more like an age of sigmar kind of fantasy sure, yeah, yeah. That kind of stuff wow. and so yeah you can stay there and then they've got six different studios that are all themed differently 
They've got a tournament center. They've got a store that's built into the place, like you know, on the on the ground floor. It's just it's it's an wow. amazing, amazing place. So um, I was invited to come and be part of the grand opening. So I went and did that nice. and uh, got back literally last night at like eight thirty. So yeah, I've, wow. I've not been home twenty four hours yet. But now I'm not really going anywhere for a while, so that's actually <laughs> kind of nice. I'm looking forward to uh, spending the majority of July not traveling. The last yeah. day of July, I'm on my way to Gen Con, so right. there's that. But but the thing is, yeah. is that you're about to leave. I'm about to leave, yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. Family vacation, though. No, not work. Well, well, a little bit of work. Yeah, yeah a little bit. Yeah, I'm gonna, we're going down to Orlando for uh, four days at Disney World. Mm-hmm. We're going to do the Kennedy Space Center. Um, a few other things I think we're doing with the pirates, you know, like there's a uh, medieval times, there's a yeah, pirate yeah. version of that that we're going to go do now. Sure. Um, but I'm also going to get a chance to finally check out Dice Tower Con. Yeah. So in, in Orlando. Which is also in Orlando. Yeah, 3,000 yeah. people. I'm pretty sure that that's it. They mm-hmm. the, the tickets are now sold out. Uh, that's all they allow in. Yeah. Uh, so me and my oldest son, yeah, we're going to check that out for at least a day, maybe two days. So. Cool. Yeah. But what else have you been doing other than that, which is coming up? Oh, let's see. So, yeah, I, I got to stop down at TMX for a little bit. Not as much as I normally do. Um, my son, youngest son had a baseball tournament, but mm-hmm. I did get a game of Shattered Crown in and, and got to enjoy a visit with a lot of the people. Um, I also got to run uh, Stranger Things, um, the uh, starter edition uh, kit from, uh, I believe Hasbro is the one that actually re- released that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, uh, it's a D&D 5th f- uh, edition campaign one shot, but it's done uh, basically based on the uh, campaign that the boys are running during the uh, Stranger Things TV, uh, TV show. show. And you did that on RPG? Free RPG Free Day. RPG Day. Yep, uh, one of our... F- f- what day is that? Uh, First that of June? No. No, Saturday. So I think it was like June 15th. Yeah, I think that's right. That's right. So, yeah, that was a lot of fun. I had uh, three or four people play that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I DM'd that. that was a, we had a lot of fun playing that. Um, and then uh, I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit more later uh, in this episode. But then uh, we've been – so I do a D&D campaign every Sunday. Mm-hmm. Or every, it's probably every two or three Sundays. But that's sure, pretty good yeah, for yeah. a D&D group. Yeah, it is actually pretty um, good. But one of the things that we talked about was uh, I've got, you know, friends that we've met at cons that want to play RPGs. Um, they live far away. They live far away, and we have busy lives, and we can't always sit around a table and play. Mm-hmm. So uh, we started a Discord channel that uh, we're going to do semi-casually on Tuesdays doing RPGs, mainly kind of weird offshoot shoots. So that, one, we don't have to, you know, devote that we're going to be there at certain times. You know, if five people show up, two people show up, we're going to play. Yeah. Uh, but we get to play RPGs whenever we want. So You know, that uh, playing on Discord and all that kind of stuff and playing remotely, that might be a good episode, actually, for the podcast. Oh, that is a great idea. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we'll have to talk about that. Like, some of the, yeah, because we were kind of all, uh, during our first, co- like, meeting that we had, it was like, what is this channel going to be? And sure, how yeah. Are, are we get you know? Are we all going to devote our lives to it? Or are we you know? Uh, we talked about all the different ways we could do that. So yeah, we'll we'll have to talk about you know some of the tips and tricks that we use on how we're playing RPGs remotely. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we got to do our first actual RPG last night. So yeah, well that's cool. It was fun. Yeah. Um, and then you've also been painting stuff. Oh, I've been, yeah. I finally have gone back into painting again. Yeah. Because I oh, it was like six months of no painting. Which seems like a lot, especially since I've only been painting like a year. So that's sure, like yeah, half yeah. my <laughs> half my painting career has been yeah. on the bench. Uh, but yeah, I finally got. A, I'm now starting to even paint up my uh, miniatures for DMs, uh, DMing and for for D and D. Yeah, 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 for D and D. Because you've been picking up some of the Wiz Kids and even some of the Reaper Bones on and off. Yep. You know. Yeah, I've got. Yeah, you would think I've been DMing for years now. The the mass I've got, but well, yeah, I mean, I'm actually. It's always uh, easier to buy them than right. to paint them. You know what <laughs> and I mean? now I'm printing them too. I'm printing minis as well. Three D printing. Right. Three D printing. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So yeah, I've got. Oh. I'm probably probably sixty or seventy minis already that you've printed. No, oh, yeah, just yeah, that no, in my collection. Yeah, oh, yeah I'm yeah. at four or five that are printed. Five. Yeah. So. But you're also working on the. You're, you're still working on the dungeon tiles. Oh yeah, the dungeon the tiles. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing those, some of those stuff after yeah. I'm like kind of painted and laid out. Um, yeah, no. So that's kind of what we've been doing over the last well since the last episode. Yeah. So um, not much at all. Yeah. No. Not, not very much <laughs> at all. That's a very good point. 
Um, so yeah, so the topic for today, as, we, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, was about kind of refreshing your gaming vibes, which is a, it maybe sounds just a little bit it, it vibes kind of comes across a little hippie-ish. Yeah. But we couldn't think of any better word, frankly. Right. It was better than monotony. Right. Yeah. No, that's like the idea basically is, is that there are times when you've been playing the same game. Let's say you play Magic and you play Magic every Friday and you go to mm-hmm. you know the Friday Night Magic. And you play in the pre-releases and the releases, and you play in the tournaments, and you do stuff like that. Or maybe you just only play with your friends at home. You don't go to the store. Right. Um, there's a lot of benefits, honestly, in going and playing in events at the store. You mm-hmm. meet new people and all that kind of right, stuff. Right, right. Different people do different things. Um, but you've been doing it for a while, and then it gets to the point where you're just not as interested. Right. Because everything that we do, I think, in tabletop gaming requires a little bit of motivation. All t- the tons. It's way easy to just turn on the TV, right, and watch what's on, or watch a movie, or mm-hmm. whatever. It's way easy to play video games. Mm-hmm. A little bit harder, honestly, than just sitting there and on TV, just watching, just right. letting the TV you, you like, be wash active, over. Yes. Yeah, you got to be a little bit more active and be paying attention and all that kind of stuff. But tabletop gaming, whether it's board gaming, whether it's RPGs, whether it's collectible card games, whether it's miniatures, th- all of those, in some degrees or other, take a decent amount of motivation at least right. to get started. Or and usually motivation direction. of like four or five of your friends all at the same time. Depending, yeah, yeah. If you're going to get into <laughs> board gaming and you've got, you know, you generally are playing, it's hard to find a board game that's only two-player. Most of them kind of stink at two-player. Like yeah, they, they, they can work. Yeah, there's a lot more nowadays, but yeah, yeah it's still usually around that three or four game gamer mark is really where a lot of the games shine. My wife and I love, because uh, I'm not particularly a big board gamer, she's a bigger board gamer than I am, but we love uh, a game called Fjords. Okay. Which is a, a small little box, and it comes with these tiles, and you're just basically kind of building, like you know, you you lay it down. It's it's almost like Carcassonne, but without the math, a little bit. Okay. You know what I mean? Like you're just like you building these tiles, and you're building yeah, this yeah, kind yeah. of you know land structure and that kind of stuff. And that is only designed, I think, for well, I don't know if it's only designed for two player, but it definitely works fine in two player. Like sure. I said, there's plenty of games that are like, yeah, you can play it with two players, but it's way better if you get three or four or five. Right. Like Pandemic, you can play. Uh, right. I know some people are going to be like, I love playing Pandemic with two people. Sure. There are but always people the, that are yeah. interested in that right. kind of stuff. But in general, that's the case. So, uh, you know, getting people into board gaming in that situation, it's not as hard as, say, getting somebody into miniatures. Again, in that situation, you're generally playing against one person, mm-hmm. but there is, if you don't bring all of the miniatures and all of the terrain and all the stuff, then right. you're expecting them to build and paint and all that kind of right, jazz. Right. So that can be kind of difficult. RPGs is, again, to some degree, relatively, I don't want to say simple, but it's basically like you can run an entire RPG and all you expect them to maybe bring is dice, and maybe right. not. You maybe can supply yeah. the dice, right? Yeah, like when I I, when I did the last one, they had to bring nothing. Sure, exactly. Just themselves and a good attitude. Yeah, yeah, free RPG day. You want them to not bring right. anything. You want them to yeah. I mean, but yeah, traditionally, yeah, you start once you know start getting them committed. You want them to you know their own dice, and it's a good idea to like if you're their playing miniature. let's say fifth edition. It's a good idea to have like the player's handbook if you can that yep. kind of stuff. But right. all of these things that we're mentioning are are things that can sometimes if you keep doing the same like. If if you've only been playing fifth ed uh, D and D on the same campaign for like a long time, right? That can eventually start to wear you down. And there is the the joke slash meme that goes around about how difficult it is to get a gaming group that meets up regularly. Right, right, right. And you were kind of mentioning that even as well with your Sunday group. So right. you know, sometimes it's just because life gets in the way. Right, life gets in the way. But yeah, there's times when you're just like. Oh, it's it's just getting you know the same thing. Yeah, you know, yeah. I've been playing this you know cleric bard for the last you know five years, and right. I I want to try out some of these new characters, especially when there's new additions or new expansions come oh, out. Oh yeah, I mean, I I talk to people from time to time who are like, oh yeah, we've been playing the same campaign for twelve years, and you're like, wow, that's you. I, you should have finished by now, at least in my <laughs> mind. I mean, I know that's not exactly the way that I've played RPGs in the past, but not for quite some time. But man, that's a that's a lot. So. Uh, the idea in this episode is we want to talk a little bit about how to make it so that you can refresh that vibe such as it is to make you more interested to play, more interested to get back into it. And the thing is, is that these things are not designed to switch gears. Right. Where all of a sudden you stop playing game A and you now you only start only start right, playing right, game right, B. Right, right, right. But it's maybe like um, 
it's like a spark to kind of get it moving again. Right. Um, I mean, you may end up sticking with this for a while and then go back, or mm-hmm. maybe you maybe don't ever go back. Depends. I mean, maybe you found something totally new. But right. more often than not, it's something you're going to do that's either maybe like a more of a short term, more of a one-off. Right. Or, or maybe, or maybe it g- yeah, it gives you ideas of how you do the other game better. Or right. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why don't we start in, when I mentioned one shots, why don't we start with RPGs? Um, and that's really more your area than mine. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, we've been running this one campaign of Dragon Heist uh, probably over a period of six months now. And Dragon uh, Heist is a module. It's for a module for Dungeons and Dragons. Right. Definition. And it's the first of, of two bigger modules, like mm-hmm. Mad Mage is next. Um, they're almost ready to get into that. Um, and we've got five people in our group now on top of me so six total mm-hmm. uh and we've all been playing that that's what you know same characters week in week out right. uh, and it's fun we have a great time whenever we do it mm-hmm. uh but sometimes we don't have enough people to play sure or we want to try something different because you know playing a bard for the 15th time is you know, my for for me it gets kind of boring. Sure. Or I'm I'm DMing all all the time, so maybe there's times when I don't want to DM. Absolutely, yeah. Because that's the thing is that when you're the DM, the the dungeon master, then it's your job to be all the bad guys, all the extraneous good guys, right. all the townspeople, all that kind of stuff. Plus, be running the story. Plus, be running. Yeah. you know the plot ahead so that you know which direction they're going right um very frequently your players are basically just a bunch of pyromaniac oh. murder hobos who just are there to basically derail your plan oh, exactly. whether the, they know they are doing right. it or I'm not i'm pretty sure there's a relationship between how far out i've planned to how far off the storyline they go oh right yeah exactly like if i don't have anything planned they'll stick to that story you know but if I've got the next six months planned, yeah. that story is gone. Yeah, exactly. They just jump to track real quick. Right. But I, I, yeah, I've, and back in the day when I pl- used to play a little bit, like in college, there was a, a game we were playing, and, and uh, uh, like there was a bad guy that we killed, and it seemed like it was one of those almost like end-of-the-story sort of bad guy sure. boss fights. And then, uh, you know, we were, like, going through the treasure and all that kind of stuff, and then and he was like a – and I was just I, – I just – because – and admittedly, it was partially because I knew, um, I think, a little bit about the, uh, the the DM. I was just like, I I think I want to cut his head off. Did I tell this story already? I, no, I haven't heard this oh, one. Oh, yeah. No, I was just like, like the guy's dead, you know. Yeah. Dead. I'm making air quotes for the other yeah, side. Right. Not, not watching on YouTube. Um, and I was, <laughs> and, and I was, and I'm just like, let's just cut his head off and bury it in a different place. And I could just see the DM's face, like, change. <laughs> and he's just looking at me. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, because his brother's a necromancer. And then, you know, and the oh. rest of the guys are like, oh, yeah, maybe that's a pretty good idea. And we should, like, you know, pack his mouth full of salt or whatever, all those other things. Right, 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 right. And all that kind of jazz. Oh, no. And then we had to, then there was a bunch of gear switching that had changed, you know, but because he was coming yeah. back. Oh. The plan was. Yeah, no. So, uh, yeah. That kind of stuff can can uh, throw off obviously your campaign, right? But 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 yeah, to get back to our topic, so yeah, 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 yeah. Like so, one of the games, like I said, we're doing this Tuesday night casual, you know, learn you know different things. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one of the games was uh, replayed last night was called Honey Heist. Honey Heist, it's like Dragon Heist, heist but with, with right, honey. right. Grant Howitt uh, produces these a bunch of one shot RPGs. Um, and one of my friends that you know he he kind of introduced me to him uh, and said that you know we should try honey heist we had there was three of us um, and and a one shot RPG one, so one shot is basically rather than having a long running campaign one shot it basically means that you're supposed to be kind of done in that one shot so, so you just play it like one night or one, one night one, yeah one, usually one exposure yeah usually like a three to four hours is probably mm-hmm. about that sweet spot yep. sometimes you get like two hours sometimes eight hours you know right but yeah usually around that three to four hour yeah uh so he said we're, we're gonna play honey heist that's all i knew that's all you knew okay and and uh we get, we get there we log in to discord mm-hmm. and he sends us the pdf for us to create our characters and uh I, I have to read it because it just cracks me up every time so it explains it very nicely it says step one you have a complex plan that requires precise timing so we're going to be stealing honey Hence sure. the name. Yeah, that makes sense. But number two is that you're a goddamn bear. Right. Okay. So that's difficult. Right. So you're thinking, okay, we're, we're just in a bear world. We're bears. Bear bears. Right, 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 right. Bears yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, no. You're actual bears that, you know, are smart and, you know, 
we're smartish. Smartish. Right. But they can't talk to humans, and we're stealing honey from humans. They can talk to each other. They can talk to one another. So the bears can talk to each other, but they can't talk to humans or interact right. with humans because the humans are like, oh, my God, there's a bear. Right, pretty and much. And also because they can't understand what you're saying. Right, but you can wear dapper hats and stuff like that, which then suddenly can kind of disguise the bear as long as you don't act like a bear. Disguise is maybe the wrong word. Well, if I saw a bear wearing clothing and not attacking me, I'd be at least interested. But apparently these are not the brightest humans. Oh, well, yeah, but, stealing honey from But them. we didn't realize that that was a thing in this. Right, sure. Because we were just playing. So uh, the the Billy from Battle Foam mm-hmm. uh, came with the idea that we were going to be mascots, the the, uh, the Cubs, Chicago, Chicago Cubs, Chicago Bears, sure mascots, and that way we didn't have to really talk because we can mind because we're mascots. Yeah, and mascots don't talk to me. And then you know, and people are excited to see us. And, and then like, that's a really good bear costume, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So we were basically cosplaying as, as in bear costumes. Nice. That's a good way to do it for the you know honey enthusiast convention that we were at on the Titanic three. The Titanic Three. Yes. Oh, the first two sank. This one was definitely not going to sink. Sure. No, I can totally understand. Yeah. That. So nice. That's, uh, that's, but that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. So we played it for like three hours, but yeah, it was it was fun because it, you know it kind of broke up like you know trying to realize you're you're interacting with NPCs, mm-hmm. but you're not really allowed to talk to them. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And you don't want to give away that you're a bear or a real bear, I should say. Yeah. For yeah, our, yeah. In our case. Yeah. Uh, led to some kind of fun shenanigans. But then you didn't run that. Somebody else ran. Right. That. Right. So then you were also not having. I got to, to play. Yeah. yeah I just got to kind of enjoy it. I didn't have to care if I right. was. You know, the the further I drove the story off the, the, the rails, the better. Right. Exactly. I get that. That makes sense. Um, another one we played. Uh, we had. We were missing some people uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, same guy ran. Uh, called Maze Rats. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit kind of like D&D, but slightly different. A little bit easier to create characters. Like a different uh, you, system, though? Yeah. It's all random. You just roll basically D6s to, or two D6s um, is all you need for dice, and that kind of creates your characters. Um, and then you're basically just off on a mission. We were trying to get back uh, something that a wizard had stolen. Uh, and that one was fun. Yeah. Um, that I let, uh, we were stealing from, uh, there was a, bandits held up in a house that uh we couldn't figure out how to get past them while we were kind of sneaking around so i just started part of the house on fire again there's that pyromaniac yeah murder hobo thing yeah it yeah, happens yeah. a lot of times especially in, in one shots because you're like yeah like, that doesn't matter at the worst yeah you know? really yeah and uh yeah so that that did throw the story off a little bit mm-hmm. but uh it was fun it was again i didn't have to host but it was also just a you know different world different interactions less re- repercussions we didn't have to worry about having to deal with our repercussions for down the road for the next three years sure yeah, um, yeah so that was fun um and then you know sometimes even if you don't you know you're like i'm really into D, sometimes there's a variant rules uh that kind of twist things around mm-hmm. so uh one of the games i found uh that i liked one shot i got off a uh, dm guild um was a game called i've got to look it up now because i wonder if i always forget it which is ironic. Mm. It's called Amnesia, Forgotten, and Forsworn. See, there you go. Yeah, yeah. that's why I forgot it. Uh, by two bats. Okay. Um, and basically the premise is, is kind of like uh, a little bit like, um, uh, what was that movie where... Like, two bats is a game company. No, but I'm thinking of the movie where... No, I mean like, it's not just by two bats, right? Yeah, no, no, no. Okay, this, no yeah. this is completely different than that. Yeah, yeah. The guy wakes up, he's like chained to stuff, and the guy's telling... The Saw movies. Saw movies. Right. So it's kind of like... Th- that with you know it's like less a saw, saw movie stuff. saw movie but like d uh, yeah or D&D. like cube like you're they basically uh, cube is probably closer you're mm-hmm. waking up you know there's like four or five of you waking up you have no idea who you are what you know why you're there mm-hmm. and it's leading you through a dungeon campaign but you don't know anything about your character oh interesting okay so th- so again that's kind of stretching some muscles that you're not used right to with so you actually you've been playing rather than having time. a you know prep character sheet or them you know bringing their own characters you give them a blank sheet right and they have to actually, based on how their character is doing with abilities and stuff like that, figure out what their abilities are. Sure. You Interesting. Know, what, what role their character is and stuff like that to yeah, get yeah. through the adventure. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And so all of those things within RPGs can help kind of 
like even just changing up your campaign like let's say you want to stick within the D&D or Pathfinder or whatever framework that you're used to right. or comfortable with but maybe just doing a one shot campaign again within that same game system right. could also do the same thing yeah yeah. so just letting you play a different character something else that's just for RPGs that's kind of where I found this yeah. You know, yeah. helps me kind of recharge the batteries and then you know you're, ba- you're back to getting into that campaign yeah I think with um with war games and miniatures like miniature war games and that kind of stuff for me um I like to be able to you know motivation like there's a lot of there's a lot to motivation in in war games and miniatures mainly because of all the hobby stuff with like sure. RPG you you sit down you maybe write a campaign you maybe do all that kind of pre-planning as right. a DM but as a player you just kind of sit down and the DM tells you stuff yeah. that happens yeah, maybe, maybe, you, maybe create you paint your, your miniature or you create your character sure yeah exactly you're, you're spending maybe 30 minutes versus you know six months painting up your army depending yeah on, so on the size of your army and all that kind of stuff so there's that but so and I've done videos on my channel about motivation and stuff like that a whole bunch but um, one of the things that I do enjoy is not just playing the same very, very popular game. Let's say like, you know, Warhammer 40,000 or something mm-hmm. like that or Age of Sigmar. Like those are the big ones in that arena. Sure. Um, but even if you play a smaller game, but it's the game that you basically completely focus on. Let's say you just play, you're into World War II, so you play bolt action. Right. Or you're into, uh, you know, more steampunk, so you only play, you know, like War Machine and Hordes. Mm-hmm. Or X-Wing. Or, or X-Wing, yeah. You yeah. just only play X-Wing because you're into Star right. Wars and that stuff or, or whatever. Um, being able to, to, to kind of stretch and play different types of games here and there. And again... My suggestion in this realm is to not say, cool, I'm interested in playing something different. I'm going to play some humongous army game where I need to paint 300 miniatures. Right. That is not a good... So you're saying don't go from Kill Team to Apocalypse. Yeah, it's not a good refresher vibe to just go, <laughs> I'm going to just start an entire huge giant army again. Just right, like, right. kind of like you know, get my vibes in order. Um, instead, I generally like to personally play more skirmish games. I mean, I generally play skirmish games... In you know the majority of the time anyway. Right. Um, I, in the past, I've played bigger army games, but these days I've been I, I like to keep it fresh by bouncing around between different. Sure. Games. But if you are a person who's been playing a big army game for a long time with the same group of friends, and you guys are all just sort of getting a little bit burned out, then the way to go is to try to play like a smaller skirmish game. And by skirmish, mm-hmm. it means that generally you don't have many more than say five or ten miniatures. Sure. Whereas like a big army game, like if you want to play forty k. Warhammer 40,000, you want to play that at the 2,000-point level. You know, each of us are going to have a 2,000-point army, yep. so allegedly our armies are equal. You can have some armies where it's 200 models, you know? Mm-hmm. And some of the big, like, historical, mini- uh, 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 you know, military-type games, like um, games that are from the American Civil War or Napoleonics and stuff right. like that, the figures are generally smaller. Instead of the 28-millimeter high, they're generally half that size at about 15-millimeter. Right. But you paint hundreds of models, and they right. move in like rank and file because that's how and they're almost all fought. the same color. And, and they're all the, well, they're all yeah to each other in comparison. To each other, yeah, right, and right. they're really tiny, and you know, in comparison. So, um, a skirmish game where you're playing a game that's maybe only got, like I said, five to ten models per side, allows you to spend a little bit more time on those models. It allows you to play games and campaigns a little bit quicker. Mm-hmm. Like a, a skirmish game will normally take quicker than a big army game. Sure. So you could get together and play two or three games in a night in the same amount of time that it would take you to p- hopefully be able to finish mm-hmm. like a big military-style game, a big army game. So, yeah, um, ones I've been playing lately and been interested in have been uh, – there's this – I actually just received the printed book in the mail today, uh, but I had the PDF from the Kickstarter. It's a game called Zone Raiders. And um, it's a, it's a, it, it's basically it's a sci-fi style game. It's in the okay. future. Um, a Dyson sphere. For those of you that haven't heard of a Dyson sphere before, is the concept that a civilization can get so advanced that they can literally build a shell that goes around a star. Right. So they can basically harness all of the stars' energy. Um, and so that has happened. We humans have evolved to the point where we've become so you know amazing. Okay the post-humans, as they're called, have built this this Dyson Sphere around a star. We don't know, in the fluff in the book, you don't know if it's our star or if it's somewhere, somebody <laughs> else's star. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, whatever. But um, but there are these kind of almost like stowaway humans who are living in the, in the workings of this Dyson Sphere and have been living there so long they don't remember Earth. 
Okay. It's been generations and generations and generations, and civilizations have risen and fallen inside this, and it's like a whole thing, and there's all these different sub-factions. Now, this is a game that does not have a model line included. Okay. So it's not like you just go, oh, okay, cool, I'm going to go to the store and buy the Zone Raiders, you know, models. Right, right, right. So the, the, for me, the refreshing of vibes in that situation is taking models from other games and modifying them. Okay. Like I go online and I find... Um, companies there are companies out there that sell just like custom like heads like they just make a bunch of different heads okay. that look cool that you can like and you know not human head well you know whatever but they're really small they're 20 <laughs> right, millimeter right, size. Right. so you buy them and they're usually made out of resin and then you can cut them off and stuff and then glue them on to the model so that instead of the normal head that that you know space marine from let's say warhammer 40,000 would have it might have a different looking head more sure. of a robot head or something okay. like that so you're it's called kit bashing you're doing all kinds of interesting stuff to yep. change these models and then to use them for this style of game. And um, No, you could even, you know, originally just use some of the same models. Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. You don't have to go down that road. If you just want to play a different style of game, mm-hmm. you can use whatever models you want. So you, you could use your, your Space Marines or your Eldar. Or so that might help, too, that you can swap out without actually even right. having to re-hobby everything. That's true. For me and for some people as well, I think, though, that the, 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 the challenge almost of being able to build the kind of cool and interesting figures. Like if you've been playing the same like big, well-known game for a while right. where you just go buy the models and put them together and follow the instructions okay. and do all that. Sure. Because, you know, that, that's that's fine. But if you're also not only just trying to recharge your playing and in game playing, but Make also creativity the other. Because I personally think that specifically in tabletop wargaming miniatures, the hobby is just as important to some degree as the the actual play, whereas mm-hmm. in some of these other genres, it's predominantly just about the play. But um, yeah, so I enjoy that. Um, and then there's another game, um, technically two games really, uh, both written by the same guy and uh, jo- Joseph McCullough. And uh, the games are Frostgrave, which is published by Osprey Games, which is getting more and more popular. I mean, mm-hmm. it's nowhere near you know Games Workshop style popular, right, but it's right. still pretty getting popular. And then um, he decided, uh, Joe decided he was going to then kind of break off too and make his own self-published game, which is called Rangers of Shadow Deep. Okay. And um, Rangers of Shadow Deep, you can get online. You can either get a PDF of it or you can get uh, a print-on-demand from like One Shelf Publishing, you know, RPG Now, okay. Drive Through RPG, whatever your particular flavor is. But they all go to the same place. Um, Frostgrave, you get through Osprey, mm-hmm. um, and you can probably find it in a lot of stores. Both of them are. Honestly, a bit of a mixture okay. between um, a little bit of a, like uh, role playing, and I mean, it, so they're skirmish-based games. They're small little war bands. Um, in Frostgrave, you're basically a a treasure hunting band. Uh, Frostgrave is a is the slang for this city that was filled with wizards and magic and and all this shenanigans a long, long time ago. And then this one wizard did something squirrely and basically ended up making it so that the uh, the entire city was covered in ice for like a thousand years. And so then now the ice is receding, and so all these people are going in and trying to figure out, well, what can I take? You know, what can I get in there? What kind of magical items and things have been stick- stuck under the ice? So it's a treasure hunting thing, and you're usually playing as, uh, you know, like my treasure band versus your treasure band. So right. you don't have to kill the other people. A lot of times they are the, the, the which is what a lot of normal, you know, big miniature games are all about killing other folks and whatnot right. and seeing who wins that. In this situation, you can get in and get the treasure and get out, you know what I mean? Right. Which is very cool. Um, but you do level up your folks. Like, not all of them. More, more often than not, the leader can be leveled up so that... Because okay. in Frostgrave, your leader is a, basically a wizard. And then all the rest of the henchmen are different types of, you know, crossbow guys and uh, folks with um, swords and whatever, mm. thieves, thugs, and whatever. So they don't generally level up, but the wizard can level up and get more spells and things like that. So that's got the kind of the RPG thing going sure. on. Um, Rangers of Shadow Deep is a is not treasure hunting. It's more straight D and D almost in that it's you usually have a ranger and a couple a much smaller group of henchmen, and there's frequently it can Rangers of Shadow Deep can be played single player too. Oh wow! Yeah, which is really cool. So that's another thing, too, for helping to, like, kind of... If you're just, like, really tired of having to go to the shop and play against the same people, you can, you know, sit right. in your basement or your whatever hobby room and play Rangers of Shadow Deep by yourself just mm. for fun and just to see how it works. It's got rules for that because oh, the wow. bad yeah, guys, yeah. the skeletons, the kobolds, the goblins, whatever, can all be kind of controlled by um, by the rules to some degree. Right, right. So, yeah, those are the types of things that I like to do to try to 
just you know things that are small and easy to do mm-hmm. uh, because again like i said earlier trying to like decide oh i really you know i'm just tired of you know the uh, the sci-fi aspects of warhammer 40,000 i guess i'll switch over and play age of sigmar well you're still building a big arc right you know what i mean so being able to find some sort of game where you can kind of just dip your toe to hopefully recharge your batteries i think is a good idea yeah perfect yeah so that's that takes care of our wargaming and rpgs what about ccgs well, I mean, you and I both have been CCG players in the past. We've both right. played Magic long times ago. Yep. Haven't played much in the longest time, at least for me. I don't right, know no, no. I, 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 well, yeah, I did some Commander decks. Yeah, I, did, I tried a little bit of Commander for a while, too, and it didn't, didn't quite. I think partially for me, it was a situation of I was playing with people uh, at the local shop who were all nice guys, but have been they've been playing magic for since they didn't the beginning. stop right right so they when they build a commander deck and for those of you who don't know commander is basically you have a hundred card deck and you can't have any doubles in there except for basic lands right. so like the basic mana cards you can have doubles but everything else has to be a single you can't have like two of this card or two of that card or whatever and um, and there's almost no uh, like banned cards there's almost no like so you're able yeah. to go all the way back 25 years back into the past and pull cards from really old collections right. and mix them together in just absolutely crazy ways it's not generally designed to be a competitive game and it's usually played not one-on-one it's frequently played at least four player if not higher although it just becomes a real mess when you hit eight oh, it gets player. really crazy yeah. yeah and even at four and if you're playing with the wrong people and they're not bad people so just understand <laughs> that right now but if you're playing with people who've got humongous humongous uh collections and they even though they're just having a fun time and we're just playing a fun pickup game are also super competitive they will build decks that break the rules of reality and mm-hmm. then and then and you've got the deck that you bought like literally 20 minutes ago up at the front and just open it up and you're like oh here and so you know right. that's not gonna help um so i did a little bit of that and you did a little bit of that as right. well although you may have not run up against the same folks that i did probably not the same folks but sure. folks that has probably have hung out from time right to time. <laughs> yeah they, they may know each other that's for sure um but you and I both have now gotten a little bit interested and in, we've played some games of Keyforge. Right. Which and is from Fantasy Flight games. Mm-hmm. And I think even some Magic players are using that as kind of their breakup game and stuff like that. Yeah, to kind of like break up the, not the monotony again. We don't want to say monotony. Right, but, but you know, the fact that, the you know, they're, yeah, they're not having to min-max uh, decks. They're not having to, you know, sort through 5,000, 10,000 cards, to, right. you know, f- you know, find hunt through eBay to find the one card that, you know, They've been searching for it. They'll complete their deck. Yeah. The thing that's interesting about Keyforge, for those of you that haven't heard of it, it, it's made by Fantasy Flight, so it's not made by Wizards of the Coast. Um, And the idea behind it is that there is no deck building. So normal um, magic, you're you're trying to really optimize and build, like, this perfect deck that you can play against other people with. And in um, in Keyforge, you spend 10 bucks, like nine ninety five or whatever, yeah, and right. you get a deck of 37 cards, and that's it. You can't mix them. Um and it's not just like, oh, the rules say you can't mix them. Like, the back of each card in that deck that you buy, they all match. Right. And they all have, like, words on them, like the name. Like, it's basically like, it's like the character, because there's 36 cards plus the Archon, I think is what they're called. Yeah. And that's, like, kind of almost like your wizard in, um, in uh, you know, Magic the Gathering. So, because um, all those spells and things you're doing Magic the Gathering, that's like your wizard, and then the, the 20 points of health is your wizard's health. Right? right. So in this situation, you've got a card for your Archon, and that artwork for the Archon is on the back of every single one of the cards right. in your deck. And then they so you I couldn't give you a card and say, hey, put this into your deck, because then they wouldn't match. They would be looking at the deck, and they'd just, right. yeah. yeah. And yes, there, we know the, the five people that are screaming at their podcast right now, there are ways to get around that with oh, card sleeves yeah. and stuff like that. You'll, and you and your friends, if you want to do it, do it. Not yourself right, out, right. but generally the game is not right. designed to be that way the game is designed that you buy a ten dollar deck and then that's the deck mm-hmm. um and there are seven different factions i think yeah i don't i know they've just released the they did just release a second edition and i be, don't yeah. remember if there's extra factions in that or when it launched i believe there were seven different factions but every one of the almost every one of the decks is only three factions right so there's no mana either. So you don't have to worry about like, oh, I don't didn't get enough mana out of the thing. Right. You, can, you, you basically just declare of the three factions that you have in your deck which one you're going to use this turn, and then you can spend and, and, and create things and do stuff with those cards but not with the other cards. Right. Um, and so it's just got a lot of things like, 
for a lot of people, deck building is super important and they love it. I can't stand deck building and I'm terrible at it. So to be able to just buy a deck and be able right. to play a game that's fun with it. Like I, I like learning, you know, different mechanics and thinking of new combinations and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I but I don't have the time to right. properly do it or the time, you know, the money to I'm pretty sure my wife would not be happy if I wouldn't spend $1,000 to build a Magic deck right now. Right, exactly. And it's the same thing in this situation. If you've been playing Magic for a long time and you've got a lot of Magic cards and then you're just like, oh, I'm just, I, I'm just, it's just running me out. I'm just not interested anymore. Being able to just go and drop 10 bucks to get a deck and play Keyforge or something like that right. is really kind of cool. And then you don't have to worry about deck building and going, okay, well, now I need to optimize this deck. I've been always optimizing my magic decks. Now i got to optimize this one. That's not any more fun, is right. it? Right. In this situation, you're just like, here's your deck. And if you don't like that deck, you could trade it with your friends to get a different deck. You can't, again, trade the cards. You could just be like, here's this deck. Here's the deck, yep. Or you go buy another deck. And, and again, you know, like in magic, what do booster packs go for these days? About four bucks, four, four or five bucks. Yep. You know, so this is basically you're getting an entire deck for ten bucks, right? Which is sort of nice. Uh, that's one of the reasons I like it. I've at this point maybe only bought maybe four or five. That's decks. about where I'm at. I think yeah. I bought the starter box, which came with two decks, and then I maybe only bought two or three cents. Okay. But I just enjoy pulling them out and playing, and it's just a fun um, game. I like the mechanics of it. And, um, I mean, again, for me, it's not refreshing or rekindling my love of magic to make me go back, but I do see people at my local shop who I know are magic players. They are known magic players, but I will see them playing this from time to time as it's that kind of in Yeah, and for me, also, my friends that are CCG players, this gives me a way to play games with them where, you know, they're not having a bad time and I'm not having a bad time. Sure, yeah. Um. And then board games. Um, and again, this is a, maybe a little bit more your area. I was going to say, you're, not the, I'm not a big board you're not the big board game player. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, so, you know, when I was trying to think about this one, board games are a little bit unique because there are so many. There's There are a lot. I forget the numbers, like 5,000. So 650,000 new board games come out every day. <laughs> Pretty sure that's true. That might be understating it. Yeah, it might be. It might be. <laughs> so, you know, for board gamers, it's not as much of it you know everything comes in the box it's basically ready to play mm-hmm. you know you take it out you're ready you know ready to go and there's so many to choose from if you don't like that one or you're bored of it you go buy another one and that's why a lot of board gamers we have 500 600 board games in our right yeah, closet exactly uh but you know there's like for, for me i do you know a fairly regular uh board game night mm-hmm. um at my house um for us, it's not so much the games themselves, but maybe kind of the tone of the games. So you know, if we're playing if we're playing a lot of really trying to refresh. You mean, right? To yeah, the tone. yeah. If we're trying, you know, we've been playing a lot of Euro games, right. a lot of you know long running games. You know, sometimes we just want to have fun. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that's when we kind of play you know more casual games. We'll play a night where we're playing you know some silly games like uh, Happy Pigs, uh, where you're collecting different sized pigs and growing pigs is, and having just shenanigans and fun with that. Sure, yeah, um, yeah. Or, you know, different style games, like uh, like ones that are kind of, you know, their own unique genre, like uh, Formula D is uh, one that's... Oh, the the car racing The one. car racing one, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, you it's know... It's got a big I, map, right? Right, and what yeah. I like about this is that uh, because the rules are, you know, they're, they're simple and complex rules, I've admittedly only done the simple rules because mm-hmm. I've, I've not played it often enough that people are ready for the complex. Right. But I like it because not only can I play with all my normal go- board gamers, but I can also play it with family members that have never, you know, even played before. You know, within a few turns, they'll understand it. Sure, because the rules are rel- not simple, but they're, right. yeah, so they're like, non-complex. Right. Yeah. You know, my mom, uh, the first time we played, she saw, you know, was, uh, I don't want to play this. Yeah. And then with turn three, she was cutting everybody off and rolling dice, and she beat everybody handedly. Sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And thought it was the greatest game ever. Well, yeah. Once, once so, right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's the trick to a lot of games. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, doing something like that where it's, you know, a little bit unique, maybe, you know, less crunchy is really kind of what I do for board games. Um, but another thing is uh, that a lot of games are c- doing themselves, or that you can find on like Board Game Geek is you know rule variants. Oh sure, yeah. If you've been playing the same game for quite some time, right, and now you want to play it with a, a 
uh, I'm assuming probably player made rule variants. Although maybe some of them are actually some are actually coming with it now. They're like, yeah, hey, yeah. if you want a different challenge, try yeah. doing this instead. You know, and I always think of you know Monopoly as being the first one that really did the rule variants, where most people play Monopoly not realizing they're not playing the actual game. You know, they're playing with their own rule variants. They mm-hmm. just grew up on learning oh, to sure. play it that yeah, way. Yeah. You know, like the free parking. Where you know I've seen people put five hundred dollars in every time, and some people you know there's tons of variants about. Oh that, sure, yeah, yeah. That just delay the game. And well, that was a game as a kid g- growing up. I mean, you'd play it a bunch, and then you get to the point where you got bored playing it, so you'd start making up different rules. Right, right. I mean, look at the. Um, you know, again, I'm not a big board gamer, but look at all the stuff that goes on with um, the legacy uh, type games. Right, like legacy games are changing the board from game to game to game oh, yeah. to make things very different. Yeah, well and like yeah, like Risk Legacy, like yep. I I swore I would never play Risk again, mm-hmm. you know, what you know. Oh yeah, you played the heck I out got of burnt it. Up, yeah. but Risk Legacy was completely different after, yeah. you know, after a few t- games. I mean, it honestly it solved two problems. Number one, it got people to buy Risk again. Right. Partially, and yep. which to the to, to the companies were like, yeah, that's that's a good idea. But number two, it also got people to play it again because right. it was different, and it was something that was not only different from just old Risk, it was also different from the last game. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that does also help to, you know, kind of refresh your vibes in that situation too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I hope that we've been helpful uh, in giving some ideas about what kind of things you can do to sort of refresh your vibes on that situation. Right. If you if you have any that we didn't mention or ways that you know you can find to refresh that vibe, you know, let us know. Yeah. Either uh, so comment and, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can comment down below in the in the, in the comments, or you can send us an email uh, at uh, podcast at imgame4.com, um, and then we can talk about it maybe in the next episode when we say, oh, you know, we've got a response from so-and-so about last episode, and they said this. I mean, I think that's a, a good segment to hope for eventually yeah, down yeah. the road, having right, people asking right. us questions or commenting, and that we can kind of read about that. So, yeah, um, just find something to do. If you if you feel like you're getting bored with the game, don't just decide, well, I'll just go watch television. You know what I mean? Like, right. do, do something proactive a little bit, um, and hopefully we've been able to give you some ideas of things you can do uh, other than just trying to push through it, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, some things you can do to make it so that you're having a little bit more enjoyment in the games that you're playing. Um, yeah, so thanks again uh, for listening. I got my sheet here. Thanks again for listening to this podcast, or this ep- this episode of the Game 4 Podcast. If you've got questions or comments, as we mentioned before, and if you're watching on YouTube, please leave a comment below. If you are listening via your favorite podcast player or just aren't into the whole YouTube comment section thing, you can feel free to reach out to us via email at podcast at imgame4.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And lastly, to find out more about the Game 4 platform designed to connect tabletop gamers, please check out our website at www.imgame4.com. That is, again, www.iamgamefor.com. Thanks a lot. <laughs>